Welcome to Native Exiles, Alderwood Community Church's podcast, where we talk about following Jesus in the tension of being in the world, but not of it. And see, this is a brand new summer series, five episodes, a fun partnership with Purposely Equipped, which is a new podcast series that uh, has come out and they've done a few things. And so we got to partner with them on this mini series, five episodes, and we're talking about prayer, which I'm really excited about uh, because I feel like prayer is just something something that many, many Christians struggle with. I don't know if you believe that. Too. I don't think many people would say prayer is a bad idea. And I don't think many people would say it's their strongest spiritual exactly. discipline. So wherever you are in this journey, uh, we're excited for you to, to come along with us to see how we can grow together and being people who pray, who encounter Jesus in praying. Today's episode, we're going to begin the series by just talking about a simple question. What is prayer? And I'm excited to begin. So let's jump in. Well, Steve, this is kind of fun. We get to partner with Purposely Equipped to do a series on prayer. Why pray? I'm really excited to doing this with you. Yeah, our friends at Krista have given us a really cool opportunity here. Yeah, so we're going to kind of take this in five episodes, uh, all different kinds of things about prayer. Today, just going to start with what is prayer? <laughs> well, when you think of the word prayer, the little word association here, what, what comes to mind? Well... Okay, I mean, all kinds of things come to mind. I mean, we are in our family. We we pray before we eat meals together. Um, I think right now of uh, it's part of our bedtime routine with our two kids. Oh yeah. So for me, one of the associations is prayer is lying down next to my two year old son who has no interest whatsoever <laughs> in going to bed or listening to a prayer or I mean, he's just talking over me while I'm praying to him. And one day we'll get that sorted out. <laughs> the but if I'm being honest, when I think about my own prayer life. Uh, one of the first associations, and this isn't actually a good one for me, but it's just true. One of, one of my first associations is a feeling of prayer is something that I should be doing more of, and I'm not. Yeah. And I I wonder if there's people listening to this who are going to resonate with that. I'm, I'm sure there will be at least some. But I I actually think that's detrimental uh, because it it puts prayer in this category of an obligation of a of a kind of a a checkbox, uh, something that if I was a better Christian, I would do more of. And what I hope we can talk about a little bit in this series and invite people into is just that prayer is actually, it's a gift to be enjoyed. It's uh, something that um, is really an amazing way to experience our creator and to build a relationship with Jesus. And there's so much good that can come from it that rather than thinking like, oh, okay, I really should be doing this. I hope we can come out of this series going, man, I really want to be praying more. And that's a little bit of a different thing in my mind. Yeah. And our fourth episode, great question we've been given there, praying when it's hard. How do, how do we do that? I, my first association is actually kind of both the positive and the negative of what you said. I mean, just reading the gospels lately, I, you just always struck when you read the gospels, Jesus is just constantly praying doesn't make a big deal out of it. Just, you know, it's kind of in the background there. And Jesus went and spent the whole night praying. Jesus went to a quiet place and prayed. It's just like, I mean, if you, if you did like a bio of Jesus, what are Jesus' hobbies? Jesus prays. Yeah. And it's as natural to him as breathing, which on the one hand is really inspiring. Like, I want to be like that as a follower of Jesus. And yeah, like you at the same time, it's kind of like, it's not that natural or easy for me most of the time. So really good question we're asking. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start from, from, uh, 
from the ground up here. Simplest way to start, what is prayer? I think it's just to think prayer is communicating with God. Uh, it could take all kinds of forms. It can be verbal. It can be nonverbal. It can be formal. It can be something you can read a prayer. You know, many uh, uh, church traditions have liturgies with prayers that, that together you uh, read, and you didn't even write the word, so it's not something that you came up with, but you're still saying something to God that has been prepared for you. It can be spontaneous. It can be, uh, and I think it can be all over the map in emotion too. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can be, you know, at the top of a mountain. You can be all kinds of things, but in some way, shape or form, prayer is communicating with God. Yeah. I'm like back in my high school English class, all the different kinds of speeches we learned, you know, there's the informative, the persuasive, the entertaining. I mean, yeah, you look at the Bible and there's so many different forms of prayer. So Wyatt, if we tried to anchor that here, like, could we, could we try to find a starting point? Like, like what about the Lord's prayer? Yeah, I think that's the best place to start. I mean, uh, this is one of the rare things where, uh, Jesus actually says, I am going to teach you how to do something. And that's what Jesus says. I am going to teach you how to pray. This is then how you should pray is how Jesus begins in uh, the book of Matthew. And this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I think what I hope we can do, maybe you can read this for us in just a second. Sure. Uh, but we're going to keep coming back to this prayer from Jesus as we go through this whole series. And we talk about, you know, why we should pray and how we should pray. And what about praying when we're hard? We're going to keep coming back to this model that Jesus gives us about prayer. Because I think it is this short, sweet prayer, but it is kind of mysteriously so... Uh, there's so much depth to it. Yeah. It's, and it's actually, you know, fairly complex also. There's different things going on in this prayer and then a lot that we can learn. And so as we think about what prayer is from Jesus, the Lord's Prayer is where we start. Why don't you go ahead and read that to us? Yeah, this is found in Matthew 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Wyatt, I read that in the NIV. Are you used to hearing that in the King James like I uh, was used to? Yeah, for some up? reason, there's like an unwritten law that everybody <laughs> has to say the Lord's Prayer in the King James. Uh, but I'm glad we're using the NIV, a little bit more uh, simple language. Um, even even the NIV, though, uses kind of a King James word. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that that is one word I don't think has changed from King James or hardly any other version because it's a difficult word to translate. The idea is let your name be holy. Like, it's actually a request. He's asking God to make his name holy, to set his name apart so it shines, so people, you know, are drawn to it. So, yeah, it's a very interesting phrase that we don't use too much in everyday language. Yeah. So, when we, when we see Jesus's prayer here, and, I mean, it's interesting that he says, this then is how you should pray. Uh, what do you think Jesus is expecting of us in that? Like, is Jesus expecting that 
every time we pray, we're just going to repeat this prayer that he's given us. Like this is the, this is the one kind of authorized prayer from Jesus <laughs> and everything else is outside the bounds or like, what does Jesus mean when he says, this is how you should pray? Yeah. I, I think what he's pointing to is not just a repetitive, you know, by rote, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I, I often am super encouraged when I pray this with a group of people in church together or even on my own time. But I think what he's doing is he's giving us kind of an index, mm-hmm. kind of a category by category way to think through our prayers, what we want to try to convey to God. Yeah. So, okay. I agree. And I mean, in case anybody's wondering if we are just making that up, if that's really true. I mean, Jesus prayed all kinds of different prayers in the gospels. He didn't just pray this. Yep. Jesus prayed all night long. It's not like he was just all night just <laughs> saying this over, over and over. And over. Uh, so this is some sort of, yeah, category and index. It's giving you aspects of prayer to, to imitate, to take into your own life and to pray in your own words with your own life things going on. So if we, if we take it that way, what are some things that just right off the top we can take from Jesus' prayer to give us some, some sort of indication about what he expects prayer to be like? Well, you know why? We just went through a series on the kingdom of God. And I mean, that phrase, I actually spent a whole Sunday uh, speaking about the words, our father. Yeah. It's just so striking. Before this time, the Jews did not ever in the Old Testament pray to God as father. Jesus presents us with this beautiful, intimate picture of God, yeah. not just as this sovereign king of creation, but as this intimate father. So that jumps right out at you. Yeah, I think, you know, asking that question, what is prayer? It's communicating with God. This starts to fill that out a little bit more. Prayer is communicating with a God who wants a personal relationship with you. To pray to God as Father, that is not to pray to some distant spirit being. That is not to pray to, you know, a force in the universe like Star Wars or <laughs> anything like that. Like, this is a personal relationship. It's a communication between two persons that uh, there's intimacy there that I think is really important for us to get for, of what prayer ought to be. Yeah, and it starts there right? It's so important that we recognize that that intimate relationship that we have. The word our, too, I think it's just a word that's easy to read by, but, you know, why did he say our father instead of my father? Well, in a very real sense, our father is our father because Jesus brings us into the presence of God. We couldn't come without him. So if it's not my father and Jesus' father, I don't get to come. And there's a communal aspect to it as well. Like Jesus is teaching this to a group of his followers. And sometimes I think we think of prayer as just this me and God. Yeah, it's this individualistic thing. It's something that happens in my own head between me and God. Uh, actually, though, we see Jesus give us the example of praying as brothers and sisters in Christ together. So we pray in church services. We pray in our living rooms. We pray in life groups. You know, that is actually, a, that's kind of the norm in the New Testament. There's all this prayer that's happening together as the body of Christ. Yeah, and you know, like, one thing that's absent from this prayer is anything that looks like praying for someone else until you see that very important pronoun. You know, Jesus is teaching that if it's our Father and you're my brother in Christ, I do pray for you as well as myself when I ask for our daily bread. Yeah. Um, Let's keep going through the prayer and just take out a few more things as we come across it. Hallowed be your name. Your name be holy. Um, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, in my mind, one of the things that Jesus is teaching about prayer here is that prayer is in some way an act of aligning yourself with God, which is actually the reverse of 
somehow when we think what prayer is, that where prayer is primarily getting God to do what you want him right. to do, you know, <laughs> uh, getting God to align with you. Jesus actually starts in the opposite place. Uh, one, let, let's start by recognizing God is holy. He's he is above us. He's separate. Um, and I'm going to pray that his kingdom will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, that God's will, whatever he desires, how he wants things to be, that that would be what's implemented in our life here on earth. And I think that's a really important posture to get from this as we as we hear Jesus' prayer. Yeah, we'll talk more about that, but I, I think it's absolutely huge. And we're asking the question, why we pray? Well, if it starts with me asking, basically, not my will, but your be d- yours be done, which is a prayer we hear from Jesus, of course, famously later on, prayer is not really, like you said, so much about me changing God as God changing me. I'm asking God to do something in my heart to align my desires with his desires that I would try to make my world look like his world where justice and love and truth prevail. So, yeah, that's a really important starting point. And I think it's important, too, because... If you miss that point about prayer, if you miss that what it is, is a way for you to become aligned with God's will, if you think it's the other way, if you kind of picture prayer as the cosmic vending machine, you go to God to get what you want from him, likely that's going to lead to some disillusionment, some discouragement. I mean, some of these hard questions of why does it feel like God's not answering me? Why is he not doing what I'm asking him to do? It could be that your starting point was off, that you expect prayer to be something that it just actually isn't. Uh, And yet there is a very real aspect of prayer, which is asking God for what you need. And Jesus doesn't ignore that at all. It's the very next thing. The next thing. The very next thing in verse 11, give us today our daily bread. Uh, What's the importance of that in your mind, Steve? You know, a little backdrop on that. It's super interesting. For years, they couldn't find any Greek literature that had the same word here for daily bread. And so what the early commentators did is they totally over-spiritualized this. Like, it can't just be talking about a loaf of pumpernickel. (laughs) You know, it's like, it must be some kind of bread from heaven. And then they found later on, like, in a garbage dump, there was a grocery list from first century Greece where it had a bunch of things that a wife had written for her husband to pick up, and it had this word, daily bread. just never change. They yeah. don't change, yeah. yes. The, he was probably going to Costco with his phone in yeah. hand like I often do. <laughs> the point is, though, you know, this is so earthy. Like, God is very concerned about our very earthly needs, whether that's an empty stomach or whether that's, you know, a shortage of funds or a new yeah. home or a job. It's very down to earth. Well, let's not forget who Jesus is talking to here as he's teaching people to pray. I mean, he's talking to likely many people who are trying to just earn enough to feed their families every day and get by. Like the the lack of daily bread was not some theoretical it was spiritualized very thing. Real. It was very real. You know, yeah. th- these were parents with kids that they loved and needed to care for. And, you know, likely there were days maybe weeks where they barely could get by and just have enough to eat. And so what I think is really important about that is Jesus is hitting on one of the deepest, most clearly felt needs that people had who were listening to him. And what I hear from that is Jesus saying, bring God 
the things that you care the most about, the things that you need, that you feel most deeply, ask him for that. And just like a father uh, loves to give good gifts to his children, your father in heaven wants to hear what you need and wants to give you what you need. And we're not just talking about first century Judea. There are millions and millions who are starving today. And again, I draw our attention back to the little pronoun that's easily overlooked. Give us today our daily bread. We have brothers and sisters all over the world, people who are loved and made in the image of God who are going to bed hungry. Yeah. And we don't just pray for ourselves. We pray for them as well. Yeah. And so that's the physical need. Um, he then goes on to say prayers about asking for your spiritual needs as well. So the next verse, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I think that that one probably is spiritualized mostly. I don't think Jesus is literally saying, you know, uh, God, please forgive my credit card debt. Uh, <laughs> although that's a perfectly appropriate prayer to pray about. Uh, but when he's talking about debts, I think he's talking about sin. I mean, this is forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've done wrong, just as I will forgive people who have wronged me. Am I beating a dead horse here, Wyatt? There's the hour again. Mm-hmm. You know, we just... as individualistic Westerners, we just overlook the importance of other people in God's eyes. And basically, this is the only thing Jesus repeats. We didn't read on past these verses, but verse 14, he repeats it again. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Like God's in a way saying, don't come to me and expect me to meet you on a friendly basis if you are walking around with bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart towards other people. Mm -hmm. So God cares deeply about our relationships. He's quick to forgive, but he expects us to extend that mercy to others. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, as we're thinking about what prayer is, it seems like one of the things Jesus is pointing to here is that prayer is one of the ways that God works in our life to help us to live the way that he has called us to live. That as as we come to God and we remember together, okay, yeah, I have... I have sinned. I have fallen short. God, I need your forgiveness. Jesus is tying that directly to how you're going to live when you stop praying. That when when people come to you and they wrong you, that you're going to forgive them. And I think there's something really meaningful about the fact that your prayer life, your time with God is actually the driver of your sanctification, of your behavior, of actually living as a follower of Jesus. This is just so healthy. Because honestly, this is the part of the prayer we want to skip right past. But healthy people are quick to admit faults, to seek forgiveness, to seek grace and new life. And Jesus teaches us to make that a part of our everyday routine, and it comes from God himself. Yeah. And then the last verse, verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, What do you see in that from Jesus' example? So many things, but that word deliver just jumps out at me, right? I mean, what day do we not wake up and just need deliverance from something? We are needy creatures, whether it was a fight we had with our spouse the night before, or we're having a hard time at work, or we're not getting along with a neighbor, or there was a surprise bill, whatever it is, we are constantly in need of God's deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think prayer is an expression of our dependence on God, of our need for him. So to come and to say, God, I need you to deliver me from temptation. I'm, I'm weak on my own. Without you, there's no way that I'm going to be able to be faithful. Please help me. And that looks different for different people in different stages of life. We all struggle with different things, but I think it's a, it's a reminder of the fact that we need 
the power of God, I mean, the power of the spirit in order to live as followers of Jesus, not our own efforts. And so prayer is, is one of the ways that we orient ourselves to that truth. The, the other thing, I mean, delivers from the evil one. I think this is such a huge part of the Lord's prayer that we need today in the West more than ever. I mean, we our our society that we live in, our culture is so um, materialistic. I, that's actually not the right word. I don't mean like obsessed with getting stuff. I just mean we are focused on the material world. Rationalistic, yeah, right? What, yeah. The only things that exist are what you can see, measure, explain. Ex- yep. Yep. And even as Christians who don't believe that living in a world that is so tilted that way, it kind of soaks in if you're not careful. And one of the things that prayer is here is it is a reminder to you of the spiritual reality of the universe, of beyond yeah. the universe, that that there is more to existence than what you can see, touch, and smell, that, that God is there, that there's a spiritual battle going on. I mean, this deliver us from the evil one. There's a reality to spiritual evil, to spiritual uh, forces of good and and, and there's a battle for your own soul going on, for the souls of others around you. I mean, so there's this way that prayer serves to open your eyes to that reality that I think is so important. I watched the news last night. I was reminded yeah. we live in an evil world. And, you know, as, as followers of Christ, we really, really know and believe in the bottom of our hearts, God is the only one who can ultimately deliver us from that evil. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is some of what we see about prayer from Jesus. And we're going to kind of go into some more detail of these different things, but prayer is a conversation. It's, it's communicating with God. It's recognizing who God is. It's aligning yourself with God's will for your life and for your heart, for your mind. Uh, it's asking that God work in your life, your will on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's asking God for what you need most deeply. It's asking for forgiveness for your sins and, and it's empowering you to live as a follower of Jesus. Uh, it's recognizing the spiritual reality of your life and all these things. Uh, and so we're going to have a lot of fun in these next episodes, kind of unpacking different aspects of that. Um, but this is, I think, a, a decent starting point. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Three short sentences say so much. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just close and we, uh, we can pray the Lord's Prayer one more time together. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Wyatt and I have really enjoyed our partnership with our friends at Purposely Equipped talking about prayer. Purposely Equipped is a podcast that is part of Purposely, a podcast network focused on helping you find and live in God's purpose for your life. If you'd like to find out more about Purposely, you can check out onpurposely.com. We really hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. And White and I are really excited about our next season of Native Exiles launches this fall. Please continue to subscribe and we will look forward to seeing you then.